Let's go live with Jack Kelly. Welcome to the one-of-a-kind LinkedIn live show that will help you with your job search and advancing your career. We will bring in educated career experts who will share their insights and give you inside tips on how to be successful in your job search. Now let's get into today's show with your host, Jack Kelly. Okay, we are live. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. And today I'm excited to have Anna, and you got to help me with your last name because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Lokotskova. It's it's a hard oh, I was wrong about it. about it. Wait, wait. How is say that? Can you say that again? Lok- Lokotskova. Lok- Lokotskova. Is yeah. it okay if I just say Anna? Is that good? Lokotskova. Yeah, sure. Just, yeah. That's why about this? calls me Anna. That's it. <laughs> I think a better name. Can I give a better name? Anna. Well, I want to welcome everyone. Anna, the Canadian queen of LinkedIn. And, and finding a job and career coaching. How's that? Is that is that a fair description? Um, I don't know if it's fair, but I like it. So yeah, the Canadian <laughs> queen of career advice. Yeah, we can run with that. So I have to tell you, for those people who haven't seen Anna's videos, you have to. Even if you're not looking for a job, she and I don't mean to make you feel uncomfortable, but she is awesome. I mean, she she's such she brings such passion to her projects. She has these videos that just so informative, so much information, and she delivers it with so so much excitement and motivation and drive that even if you're in the midst of a job search and you feel beaten down and just just depressed, it's going to bring you right up. So I I would after this, I would definitely definitely suggest you know, that you look at it. And I swear, I'm not saying this just because Anna's here and I, I want to make her feel good. It's really, it's incredible value. And uh, I re- I'm so glad you're here because boy, you, you do so much work in this space. And I love to get some ideas that you could share with people, both for this LinkedIn Live, but then, you know, we'll tape it, we'll post on social media. And I think a lot of people could learn and benefit from your advice. No, thank you so much, Jack. I really appreciate it. That's basically why I put in so much effort into it because um, I do want to lift people up because I know that a lot of job seekers right now are facing not the most perfect situation. And that's, you know, to put it lightly. To put it lightly, yeah. Uh, If I can help in any way, even if it is just to motivate them for the day and give them a boost of positive energy, I'll I'll do it. What, What brought you to this place? What made you decide? to be a career, and what would you call yourself? A career expert, a career coach? I usually call myself a career advisor just because okay. I don't really like the word expert because it sounds, you know, it sounds weird because I know that there are a lot of so many other people in the space, right. you know, who also share valid perspective and valid advice. So yeah, um, I think I'm an advisor because that's essentially what I do. I coach people and I give them advice that they put into practice and I help them implement it. So yeah, that's usually what I call myself. That's cool. And, and did you plan on doing being a career advisor or you just kind of fell into it? How, how did this happen? I never planned it, to be honest. Um, it was kind of natural because, well, as you can hear, I'm not really Canadian Canadian because I have an accent. Because I, I thought was- that, that's not a Canadian accent. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah, so here it is. Canadians don't have an accent. Yeah, yeah, but actually, uh, so I was born in Russia, and then I lived in Europe for a while, and then I moved to Canada. And when I moved here, I was thinking, okay, and I moved right when the whole um, oil crisis happened, and I live in a province where we're very highly dependent on the oil and gas industry. 
So everybody was looking for work and people started turning to other people for advice. You know, can you have a look at my, at my resume? Can you show me some tips and share some advice for interviews? And I used to work as a recruiter as an HR. So I thought, well, while I'm here and I'm still figuring things out myself, I might as well, you know, offer what I already know to people and see if that helps. And turns out it does help. <laughs> so a lot of people started getting jobs and they started getting callbacks after sending their resumes in and they started telling their friends about it. And then one day I was thinking, wait a minute, I have like a lineup of people who need help and they need my advice and it works for them and I'm good at it. Uh, why not do that as a full-time job? Because I didn't know that it was like, you know, it was a thing that you could actually be a full-time resume writer or a career advisor. So I went on LinkedIn and I started looking for other people in the space and I was blown away by the amount of, you know, amazing professionals who, who help other people succeed in their careers. So I started hanging out on LinkedIn way more and uh, well, here I am today. <laughs> Basically, so that, it all started with LinkedIn for me. That's amazing because also I give you credit um, for not for everything you're doing, but also you, a lot of people would go on there and you said, hey, I saw there's a crowded space. So a natural reaction would be, oh my God, it's a crowded space. How am I going to be different? I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do it. But you just went into it and said, I don't care. I'm going to dive in and do it, which is, that's pretty courageous. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, I don't need much more to make myself different other than the fact that I'm one of the few people in the industry who have an accent. <laughs> so that's, that's so already part of differentiators for sure. <laughs> but you know what? So and that brings, it's interesting. I didn't plan on asking this question, but that brings up a good point. Would you, th would you say in, in your job search or to advance your career that if you have something that's a little different that maybe you use it to your advantage. It, it may be an advantage, may not be, but you could kind of position yourself so people notice you more and stand out. Is that something that you would suggest for job seekers? Of course, yes. My, my whole approach evolves around helping people figure out what makes them different because, um, you know, my space, your space, and the space of so many other professionals is crowded these days. And it's like we live in the world where not much else can be new and groundbreaking unless you're like Elon Musk and doing like truly groundbreaking things. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not him and a lot of other people uh, aren't either. So to us, it's like, okay, uh, there's not much else that I can invent in the space. There's not much else that I can pioneer, but how can I still let people know what makes me unique? Because every single person is still unique. We have our own competitive advantage and I believe in knowing what it is, uh, defining basically what it is, and then figuring out how to communicate that to other people. So that's basically the, the main, like the foundation of the approach that I use when I work with job seekers. I like that. That's, that's, that's a really interesting thing. And I, I don't hear that too often or at all. So, cause like, if I understand what you're saying, Anne, is this, that everybody has a unique characteristic, a unique skill, something that's different and something that stands out. And in a crowded market, whatever sector you're in, especially with so many people unemployed, yeah. um, I, I assume what's going on in Canada is the same as the U.S., where you have, you know, massive amounts of un unemployment, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. Bad. So like, so with so many people out of work, and and you know everybody, you know, you get all these resumes from companies, and if you could stand out above the crowd, that'll help. Like, what are some things you would suggest to? that you have maybe suggested to your clients or to people who would be watching this, how they could find their special thing 
to make him stand out in a crowd? Um, I would say that it starts with looking at yourself and your own profile as a candidate from the employer's perspective. Because so many job seekers, uh, they're kind of caught up with, you know, their own ideas of what they bring to the table and who they are and what they're looking for, especially right now. Like you said, so many people are unemployed and they're sort of focused on this or even obsessed with that idea of getting a job no matter what. So it's easy to get caught up in all that. And I understand that. But at the same time, what really gets you to stand out is looking at yourself as an investment. So not only thinking about, hey, what can I get out of this? How can I get what I want? The mm -hmm. job that has, you know, fits all of my criteria and hits my priorities. But what about the priorities of the companies these days? How can you bring what you know and what you've done in the past and help them figure out their challenges at this point? And I know that it doesn't sound like a brand new idea. Like people talk about this all the time. Like how can you add value and how can you, you know, bring some benefits to, to companies, to employers, but so few people actually do it. It's like almost as if intellectually people understand what it means and they're like nodding along and saying, yeah, great advice. But then you look at their resume and it's like, are you sure you heard that advice? Are you sure you know how to put that to practice? So I feel like there's this gap between like theoretical understanding of that piece of advice and then actually doing it. So that's where I come in and I help people to actually implement it. See, that's really good. That's really interesting because I do, I've, I've watched a lot of your videos and that seems a theme that runs through it, kind of branding yourself and then marketing yourself and then networking yourself. So it seems like they're intertwined, right? Because first I get it, you got to find, I hate this terminology, but like a value proposition, like why you're different and better maybe than the others. And then you cultivate that brand. So maybe you could talk about, because I've seen that's what you do discuss in some of your videos, how, how to brand yourself, how to market yourself online, how to, uh, how to network effectively with people. And I, I imagine they all, they, they cut, they cross over, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, there's first always there's the question of, okay, what it is, what is it, my value proposition? I right. know that it sounds like a weird term, but you know what? Because I hate those corporate buzzwords and jargons. And then, as I'm saying, you have to say something as you're saying, you're like, but you got to go through with it because you just said <laughs> it. So you got to, yeah. it's like, I, 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 I like, you know, when, and, and I think you do this a lot in your videos, you just talk like you're talking like you and I are just having a conversation as opposed to like, all right, here's what you have to do. And, you know, get all like, you know, jargon-laden and all the corporate ease. And it's it's like, ugh. you know, it's much more when you hear it like a friend talking to you and giving you some good advice. And that's how you come across, which I think is really effective. Well, but, that's that's great to hear because that's actually yeah. my goal to, yeah. you know, break those things down into manageable and easily understandable items that people can just go ahead and do rather than sit there and think, ooh, that sounds smart. I have no idea what you're <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> what do I do? How do I do it? So like, how would you do it? So you take, so let's say you have somebody who maybe they've been laid off for, you know, three months, six months. They're really feeling bad about themselves. They lost their self-esteem. They're losing self-confidence. They're eating into their savings. And, and, and we've all seen this and it's heartbreaking and it's understandable because it's after a while, you know, we're all human. So, you know, a, a day, a week, a month, two months, three months go by, you don't find a job. You're not getting leads. You're not getting called back and it gets scary, you, you know, and, and you feel down on yourself, but then you have to kind of get the motivation to get up there, interview, network yourself. Like how, how, how can you, how do, how can you help people, you know, 
come back, you know, like, like almost bring them back from the edge to reinvigorate uh, them? I, that's a great question. I think it starts with, um, well, when they come to me and they want to work with me, right. I think it starts with them finally internalizing that idea that now we're a team. So it's yeah. not just you alone going through all of those hurdles and trying to figure stuff out and reading a ton of stuff online, not even knowing which stuff makes sense and which doesn't really. Um, and then we're working as a team. So here I am to help you figure those things out. And then it's kind of your a part of the deal to go and implement it. And I'm going to help you do it. So we set certain KPIs, we set certain goals and targets. And so that's how the person kind of gets on their feet and starts doing something. And once they start doing something, they already feel a little bit more motivated to continue because they already invested, right? They've already done, like they've taken the first step. So now it's not so hard to take that second and third step. And eventually, like, that's why I love working with job seekers and writing their resumes, because it seems like, well, writing a resume is not so fun. Like it's pretty boring to write that little piece of paper and figure out how to summarize all of the stuff that you've done into that one or two pages. But what I love about it is that when you do it with a professional or even with someone else external rather than yourself, you have that external perspective of an outsider who sees you a little bit differently than you see yourself. And then all of a sudden people see that transformed document and it's almost like they have more confidence in themselves. It's almost like they read it about someone else and they feel good for that person, except that now that person is them. So it's, it's really like, it's a wonderful transformation to watch and be part of. And that's why I love this kind of work. So I think that, you know, something as simple as doing a really thorough revamp of your resume, of your LinkedIn profile and doing it right, doing it well, really diving into your competitive advantages, key selling points, knowing how to word it, how to position that you already feel way more confident because all of a sudden it's like you were able to defeat that um, imposter syndrome thing, like what they call it, the idea that you're not mm -hmm. competent enough or for whatever reason, somebody else is better than you or pretty much everybody else is better than you. So suddenly it's like you defeated that and now you're almost ready to go out there and tell more people about it. And like, that's one of the best thing that I hear from people that I work with. They're like, hey, I've ne I never thought that I'd be proud and excited to give my resume to someone. So that's, I think that's step one, like that, like giving them back that, I, that belief in themselves, that confidence that, hey, you have so much value to offer, which is true. Every single one of us has something to offer and we all have a target audience for it. Someone who needs exactly what we're bringing to the table. And unfortunately in the crowded job market, it's much harder to find that target audience and not only to find them, but also to get them to listen to you and pay attention to you. So that's kind of where the biggest challenge um, comes from. So that's really interesting. So the act of first someone coming to you and, and in a way they are admitting, hey, I need help. And yeah. I noticed this even aside from the whole job search, when people have a problem or an issue where they go to family, friends, colleagues, sometimes it's really awkward because you're bringing in all this baggage, you bring in prior relationship issues, you feel uncomfortable. But when you go to someone who's outside of that, an objective party, I think you feel more comfortable actually because you don't have all that drama, all that you know backstory and you can just get help. So they come to you 
And I think maybe it sounds like what you're saying is the first thing is by deciding to come to someone like yourself, that's taking a big step. You're saying, hey, you know what? I want to succeed and I need some help doing it. And I'm starting down that path. I'm not giving up. Then yeah, the resume, it reinforces that, hey, even though you didn't get a job in a few months and a lot of rejections, look how great you are. Look at all the awesome stuff you've done. Look at all your achievements. And then it starts building back their confidence. Yeah, that's precisely yeah. it. And I like that you brought up the point of asking for help. I know that it's it's very hard for people and especially, which I find really interesting, it's really hard for high achievers, like people who are really you know, motivated, they're accomplished, they're highly qualified, highly, highly educated. And it's the hardest for them to admit that, hey, I don't know everything. Hey, I, I cannot do this all by myself. And I know that because I've been there. <laughs> I, I was exactly like that before I started working with a coach as well. Um, and, you know, coaches also need coaches. It's like right. almost like therapists need also. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's okay to, to ask for help. And sometimes that's the biggest step for a, like a real breakthrough. That's, I'm curious, why, why do you think that is? I think it's the whole, like, I think it stems from, well, some somewhat of, of a perfectionist inside some of us. Uh -huh. uh, sometimes it stems from that idea of, you know, like, I have to figure things out on my own. Otherwise, I'm admitting that I'm weak. Like that idea of like, since I've taken on this responsibility, I am responsible for my own life. Mm -hmm. I need to be able to figure it out by myself. I think it's like, it might be different issues for different people, but it's definitely a very limiting belief that gets yeah. us to go through a lot of like, like an emotional roller coaster. Like on a day when things are great, you're thinking, oh yeah, I can do this. But actually you have no idea what you're doing, right? You don't really have a solid strategy. You don't really have a solid plan. And then on bad days, when suddenly that becomes more evident, you feel so, so bad about it that like, I just, I just want to drop it altogether. And I think that's the worst possible thing. So it's much better to admit that it's okay to ask for help. That's why other people are there for. You know, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm not like that at all. I have no qualms whatsoever to ask for help. I, I, I'm totally comfortable with that. <laughs> I, you know what? Because I've come to a point in my life a, a, a while back where you realize, hey, you're good at some things, you're great at a few things, but you're really horrible in a lot of things. And that's all right, you know? So to me, the things that I'm like horrible at and suck at and just like a moron about, I have no problems to say, hey, why do you think at the beginning of the conversation, whoever's watching it now, see it, you're not, you, you probably not can see it, Christine from my office, she's on with me to make sure I don't just screw it up. And I'm, I'm okay with that. And I want that because I have screwed up these things before. I did this FaceTime live with Nicole, I had a marketing and I was upside down sideways half the time. And I didn't realize everybody's watching and I'm, I'm with the phone like, what the hell, what's going on? Oh, there's oh, people watching this. So, I want all the help I could get, but I hear what you say that a lot, and it's true because there are a lot of people who are just so stoic about it. You know, nope, I got to do it on my own, and yeah. that's it. And uh, it, it, so this next step is, I guess, where then you help them how to brand themselves and how to market themselves. Or what do you do next with them in terms of getting them closer to getting a job? 
Well, basically, I start with having a really in-depth, I mean, you can call it a coaching session, I call it a conversation, mm -hmm. where I really dive into the details of their background, their experiences, I get them to talk about the things that they loved in their previous jobs, and usually the things that they loved are very uh, tightly linked to the things that they're good at. So mm -hmm. it kind of gives me those first yeah. indications of, oh, I should dig deeper here, oh, I should ask them about this one. And they tell me about those projects and they share stories. So I don't ask them to fill out anything. They don't write anything themselves. And I just, you know, basically listen and or watch them in a video talking about right. those projects and stories. And then like after an hour of doing that, it becomes very clear what like what are the things that they um, that they are best at. So after that, we kind of um, wrap it up and we go, okay, so what are the key things that seem to be the common thread throughout your entire career history? Like, here's this, clearly there's been a common theme of, I don't know, communication. What does that look like? And we sort of go, like, we nail down those key selling points and we start looking for what's the social proof of that, right? What are some of the outcomes, the results, uh, the reviews that you might have heard from other people that are, you know, that indicate and back up those things that we know you're strong at. And somehow, even after doing that seemingly simple exercise, people over, all of a sudden go, wait, I've never thought of it this way. Maybe that's what I should have, you know, talked about in my last interview where I didn't get a job offer. So kind of bring that clarity about who you are and really understanding that out of, because clearly every single person has a lot to offer. We're not just one thing, we're not two things, we're a lot of things. And especially when it comes to people who have worked in many industries or potentially have had a couple different careers in, the, in their lifetime. So clearly it's hard to say, I'm this. Uh, but, but at the same time, you cannot say I'm everything. You have to somehow have some focus. So that's how I help them. I help them find that focus and right. figure out a way, okay, now that we know that this is what we want to get across to people, what's the best way? What's the clearest way that gets them to go, yeah, I get it. After reading one sentence, I get what you do. I get what you have to offer. And then you can elaborate afterwards, but making that very like crystal clear first impression. I think that's the most important thing that helps you cut through the noise. It's going through steps, you know, for the first step, they're reaching out to you, you're getting to know them, you're getting to know what they're good at, you're helping with the resume, they feel confident about the resume, you help them kind of define what they're good at, what they want to do, which makes them feel more empowered. So it's almost like you kind of keep moving the ball forward with these folks. Yeah, that's, that's sort of what it is. So like, I, to be honest with you, I don't even focus on the whole, the whole confidence element. Like I don't, coach them like i'm not a therapist to help right. them figure out where that confidence needs to yeah. come from but it almost like it builds up organically so that's when yeah. you know, and sometimes even i'm surprised because like i'm like hey wait a minute did i actually work on this no i didn't but <laughs> but for whatever yeah. reason like that whole process makes people feel empowered and i like it i like the fact that it doesn't come from me telling them hey you know get empowered <laughs> uh but it comes yeah. from just working with facts because a lot of the times it's like hey stop you know stop focusing on that let's look into into this look here and when they look there when they move like they shift their mindset they shift their focus it almost like that confidence it comes back by itself and i like the fact that it's very organic because i wouldn't like i wouldn't 
you know, say that that's how that that's me giving it to them. No, it's them bringing what they already have. They're just bringing that back. And that's great. And I, I received a bunch of questions beforehand from people about you know that I know you know let them know you're going to be on here. And and this follows kind of naturally to the next step. So if someone's going to go out there, and a lot of times they'll say, "Hey, I know I have to network, but I'm really uncomfortable with it. It's kind of icky." I know I have to get on LinkedIn and mark myself, but I'm, in, I'm afraid to say something like goofy or no one's gonna say anything. <laughs> I'd imagine that's another part of what you would do in the process, right? To help people kind of work on networking, helping on kind of branding themselves on LinkedIn. Is, is, that, yeah. is that part of the help? That is definitely part of it because I would never uh, let someone go with you know just a resume and not even an action plan of what they're doing next because it's not only okay so you have a great resume or even you have a great LinkedIn profile so what if nobody sees it if you don't get people's eyes on it what's the point like what's the what's the purpose of having it otherwise so yeah like that's one of the favorite parts of the like to me personally of the whole process is to get people to understand okay now you have the tools but those are just tools. They are not key to landing a job. It's actually what you do with those instruments or how you put them to use that gets you the results. So networking is definitely part of it. And I do coach people through, you know, how do you message people on LinkedIn? Who are those people that you need to message? So we create target lists. We work on net, like tracking your networking progress and that sort of thing. And I guess that question jumped ahead a little bit because I like that you said that you, you put together a plan. So I guess for everybody, it's going to be a little different. When you say a plan of action, what, what generally speaking, what would that usually entail? Uh, that would entail their job search strategy, essentially. Mm -hmm. So the main things that they're going to be focusing on. For some people, they, especially for the people who are very shy and are not really, don't feel comfortable to mm -hmm. do active networking, we usually start with kind of organically growing their networks. So we identify a list of people that they already know that they need to maybe catch up with. So they haven't spoken with them in a while, but there is some initial contact already. So it's not like 100% cold connections. And we start from there and we figure out, okay, how can we get from those people to the companies where you want to work with? So mm -hmm. have your target in mind and building that you know bridge of connections to get you to connect with the people who work at those companies. Uh, that's basically uh, the most, uh, it's not the fastest way, obviously, but it's the one that has, um, it's the least challenging, so to speak, because it, do it doesn't involve that 100% cold outreach. But with some people, that's also part of it. So for some people, it's a combination. Sometimes it's not only, mm -hmm. you know, reconnecting with the people you already know, but it's sometimes reaching 100% reaching out cold. And that's okay too. But then they need a plan of how to do that. They need to understand the things that they need, you know, shouldn't do, uh, not to scare those people off right. or not to make the wrong kind of impression or not to overwhelm somebody with an ask as in, hey, help me get a job. And then, oops, surprise, nobody's getting back to me. <laughs> so things like that. We work through those things. And then um, after that, networking is basically, it's not so much like, it's almost like they shift their focus from thinking, oh my God, I have all these people I need to talk to. But now it's like, okay, so what's my to-do list for today? Today, I'm supposed to reach out to five people. Is that too hard? No, I can do it. I can reach out to five people. I have all the tools. I, I know how to message them. I know where to find them. Let's just do it. Five, like reached out to five people. Okay, 
I've done some networking today. What else can I do? So it's already like it gets them moving and it kind of like you have that action plan. So literally just action rather than thinking how far you're, you still are from your final outcome, which hopefully is, you know, getting a job. I think that's really smart. And that's really insightful because oftentimes I see whether it's a job search or anything else, if you have a goal, but you don't have a, a system in place to reach, achieve that goal, it's really hard to do it. Plus also, if you have this big goal, it's overwhelming because like, okay, I, I want to do whatever it is. I want to run a marathon. It's so overwhelming. But then if you break it down say, okay, okay, maybe I could run one mile today, you know, and then maybe next week, two miles. And then before you know it, you're on your way. So it sounds like that similar approach for someone going into it. It's overwhelming. Like you said, oh, who am I going to talk to? There's so many people I want to get in touch with. How do I do it? And, and then you get paralyzed with fear because like, there's just so much to do. And it sounds like you, what you do is kind of, okay, okay, calm down. Here's what we're going to do. Let's just take, as you said, like five companies that you want to work for. Let's find people. Let's contact those. And you could do those. And then they do it and they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then the next one. So it's, it sounds like you break it down to incremental steps so that it takes, it takes, a, I bet you, you see like the anxiety level go down a little bit because now they feel, oh, oh I could do this. I can manage this whole thing. Definitely. Plus there's the whole accountability aspect of it. Cause you know, to themselves, it's like, oh, I didn't do my, my task for this week. Well, I'll do it next week. And then, oh, but next week something else comes up. No, no, I'll do it next week. So you keep putting this stuff off. But when you have a, you know, a coach where you need to tell them what you've done and they need to help you tweak that plan and see if that's something that is working, assess the results, it's almost like, oh, now I have to present my homework. I need to look good. So see I how is, I was, that's what I was going to ask you. So how is it if let's say you're like, Jack, did you make those uh, networking calls? Uh, no. Like, I, so how are you as a coach advisor when that happens? How do you like, if they didn't do it, are you like, you got to do it? Or what do you say to them? Yeah, I don't give out penalties or anything. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, like in the beginning of this whole process, I kind of uh, have a very honest conversation yeah. with the person and I figure out what their main motivator is. Because for some people, um, like when you ask them what motivates them, they would tell you, you know what? It's the, the competitive aspect. I want to know that I'm better than someone or I want to know that I am at least on par with like other people. For other people, there's, you know, the motivation of once I do my, you know, whatever it is that I need to do for the day, I feel really good and productive. And then I, I give myself permission to relax. So it's like you have that treat after, you know, doing something productive, right. so whatever it is. And I figured that out. And then uh, we set up a way to, to use that motivator. So essentially, like I was working with one lady and she had exactly that thing where she's like, you know what, I'm motivated by doing like rewarding myself for right. what I've done. But if I, but unless I've done something, I don't feel okay rewarding because, well, what am I rewarding myself for? I haven't done anything. So we figure out a system where essentially after she's completed everything that we've talked about, which seems to be her weekly target, she can choose a reward. And there is like a list of choices and she gets to choose every week. I mean, it doesn't have to be a huge reward. It could be like going to your favorite coffee shop or uh, buying yourself something small, but still that you want it for quite some time. I don't know, well, like whatever it is for like little things that can help you feel better. Um, so like, it's almost like it could be as detailed as this, but what matters is that after like two weeks, she's like, Hey, this is working. Like it literally motivates yeah. me to do it. So 
I'm not, you know, the bad cop who is like, have you done your homework? Uh, but I'm like, well, if you haven't done it, that's okay. Like, I understand if something came up, I understand if you were dealing with something, but then no reward. Uh, so it's almost like, you know, you, you put that system together and uh, you figure out what motivates the person. And that's how you get them to start making progress. And once they get started, like I said, that's the hardest part. Because once she got started, she was like, I have no idea what I was so afraid of. This is okay. I can do this. And then it becomes much easier from there. See, you're, you're a much better person than I am, because I think if I was in that position, I would be like, you said you wanted it. Why didn't you do it? Come on. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Get out there. You got to do it. So yeah. yeah, it's a good thing I'm not a career coach, I think. <laughs> I think I, it probably wouldn't go well, but I like what you do. So what you're doing, I don't even know if you, you, you're purposely doing this. It's you have a lot of psychology behind it. So you're, you're tapping into what's their why, what's their purpose, what's their motivation, What's, you know, why, why are they doing this whole thing? It could be just, I got to pay the bills or I'm doing it for a better life for my family. And so I, by, by accessing that, you can kind of spur them on to remind them, okay, this is why you're doing it. This is why, you know, you're going through this ordeal to achieve this. I think, I think it's a much more effective approach. And I'm sure that by the way, your approach could work with a yeah. few people as well, because there are people who that works with. But I know myself, for example, that wouldn't work on me. Like I would just go like, wow. Right, you're like, you know? get lost, Jack, F you. <laughs> what do you, shut up. Yeah, so like, you know, for some people that hope you, you can do this, yeah. let's do it, it yeah. works really well, but not for everybody, especially when you're in a really negative place. Like, I wanna be very careful because, you know, like I work with people who are clearly going through something like a depression and I'm not a therapist, so I'm not helping them yeah. treat it. But at the same time, I know that they cannot just sit and wait for that depression to right. go away, but they have to do something. And if I start pushing them too much, I'm risking, you know, making them feel even worse. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, I've been in that place. Like I've, I've been through depression myself. So I know how, like how sucky it is and that there's literally nothing you can do. And rationally you understand everything that's going on, but you still cannot do anything about it. So that's why, you know, with some people you can have that tough love thing with, but with others, you need more of like, we're in this together. What do you need to get started? Tell me what you need and I'll provide that for you. And if that, little thing that you need today is a tracking tool to help you figure this out, I'll, I'll provide that for you. If that simple thing is a conversation of what you're afraid of, when let's, let's talk for 10 minutes, figure it out and move on. So of course, it's not about like, you know, talking about your feelings all day, but sometimes five minutes of talking about your feelings can get you much further than thinking that you're okay and then feeling paralyzed because of how negative things have been for quite some time. And a lot of people are in that place today, unfortunately. You're so right. Because mental health now is such an issue. Yeah. And it's not just for job seekers. It's just across the board. And I'm presuming it's kind of very similar in Canada. Here in the U.S., drug, you know, opioid abuse, alcoholism, you know, abusing uh, prescribed drugs, it's, it's off the charts, off the charts. Uh, depression, suicides, it's its really bad. So that's really smart that you kind of hone in on that and try to pick up on it when when you realize, okay, right now they can't do it. You know, right now there's, they just need a little bit of a break, a little bit of getting their head together. And and in other times you'll know when, okay, when you can kind of kind of push them along. So that's, that's, that's good you do that. Um, one of the things, one of the questions I asked too, 
and this is a little bit of a uh, off tangent for this, but but in one of your videos, you talk about advice and that oftentimes you get bad advice, you know, and you get from well-meaning family, friends, people who looked were looking for a job a year ago, pre-pandemic, two years ago, three years ago. What should people do when, with the best of intentions, people are giving them all this advice, but it's probably not so helpful. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest problems of today. And even like you mentioned friends and family, that's one thing. And the other thing is, even if you go online, there's so much advice that- So much information. If I were a job seeker right now, I would have had no idea how to filter through all of that. Like I sometimes have a hard time like reading through all that and saying, my God, that's a lot of information. Like literally it's an overload of yeah. stuff. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's really important to understand that more advice doesn't necessarily mean better advice. And my rule of thumb like that I use myself is I wouldn't take advice from a person that, um, I don't want to become who they are today in a year or you know however long. So if if I'm if I don't want to be in that place where they are, then maybe their advice is not best for me. Um, and I know that you know that might work with friends and family, but essentially, what I like to do is I like to if we're talking about advice online, for example, I would find you know three or five people that I can really trust based on their brand based on how they behave like if i if i watch them on a live webinar or something or i watch them in a conversation like we're having and i'm thinking wow that person really knows their stuff and they seem authentic they seem to really care and i can trust them then i would simply follow those few people not 100 people but like 3 to 5 and I would just do like, I would just follow those recommendations and find the advice that truly resonates with me. Because at the end of the day, it's really hard to act on something that you yourself don't believe in. Like if you were to tell me to do something and I'm like, you know what, Chad, I don't know if that's going to work at all. Like imagine how motivated I would be to actually do what you told me. Like that would, that would be no use to anybody. So it's like, I think it's important to know that like that advice that you're acting on, it needs to somehow resonate with you. And if it doesn't, maybe that's not the right advice and that's okay. Like you're still, it's okay to experiment. It's okay to try a few things and it's okay to see that something isn't working, but something is. And then you hone in on the things that are working, not based on your gut feeling, but based on the re actual results that you're seeing. Cause there's also a big difference. You know, I'm feeling like nobody's getting back to me and then you're like, wait a minute, how many messages have you sent? Three. How many people have gotten back to you? One. Wait up, that's one third, you know, response rate. That's not too bad. <laughs> so paying attention to actual data, actual results that you're getting. And then what seems to be working, well, do more of that rather than, you know, focusing on trying to focus on everything, which essentially means focusing on nothing. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I, and I like about the data points because it's easy, what I notice with people, it, you, you, they focus more on the things that go wrong than the positive things. And they dwell on, I was ghosted. I didn't get feedback. I didn't get any constructive criticism. They canceled my interview. And these are all real things and they suck and it's horrible and it's terrible this, that they do to people. But then they don't count the victories, right? So if you get that one good content, contact, that's a victory. Like, all right, I made this great contact at a company I love to work with. Now, maybe it could turn into something, maybe not, but that's, you should celebrate it. But do you notice that like that part gets lost, but they just keep people focus on that, on all the bad stuff that happened. 
that's that happens all over the place and there's yeah. even i think there's even some kind of a formal um concept in psychology where you know like when you think about people who um do lotteries or they go mm -hmm. to casinos and they play like a win does not feel right. as good as the loss as we feel bad, bad yes about the loss, right yes so, yes that's a thing i don't know what it's called it's this whole thing right right it's it's so interesting how that plays into all this stuff you know, because for me as a recruiter, I've been I've been recruiting for twenty plus years, and it, what I found out early on, it, a lot of things are number numbers games, and, and it, it holds to so many things in life and job search. Is that it's the law of large number. If you keep trying, eventually something's going to happen. You know, if you call ten people, if I would call ten people for a job I'm recruiting for, two people be oh sounds really interested. Two people say Jack, that's the worst job, worst company. You're crazy. No one's gonna ever work there. I'm like, okay. And when that first happened, I was like, oh my god, this is the worst comedy. What's wrong? Because I didn't know any better. And then in the middle, it's a little bit of both. So then I, I kind of realized, all right. So if I keep calling every ten people, chances I'll get one or two who might be interested, two or three who could be like, ah, get lost, leave me alone. And then a little bit in between. So if you catch a little bit of the in between and they go your way, it adds up. So the same thing with a job search. The numbers could be skewed, but the more the more you know shots you take, the better chances you have. But the more you do, the more you you're not going to score. It's just going to happen. But if you keep doing it, it, it just eventually it kicks in. Eventually it works. That's that's true. But at the same time, I'm sure that you know when you're calling those ten people, those are still ten very specific people who probably have something close to what you're looking for like they're not 10 completely random people, true right? exactly yes so that's also like that's the same with a job search if you're like trying and sending your resume to everybody and thinking that you know oh after i do that for 500 times it's gonna work because of the law of large numbers well no it, it may not work from there so it's still you know you need to have a focus but within that focus yes within that focus there is definitely an element of if you keep doing it enough something is going to happen, but still you need to kind of be somewhat smart about it. And when you see that, Ooh, this seems to be working, do more of that. Right. So invest more effort into the approach that is yielding more result or better quality result. That's a great clarification. Cause you're right. Cause I do notice because it's so easy to send a resume now. Yeah. You know, you go on LinkedIn and you hit that easy apply, you know, you just boop, 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 boop. You can hit a bunch of them, you know, all the job aggregators. So it's like, why not? But then you get discouraged, you're not getting back, but then a lot of times you're not getting back because you didn't do what you just said. Find the ones that you're really good at and that you, get, you have a better chance of making that happen. So, so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, there's another thing that you talked about too, is that I guess people sometimes will make, I don't wanna say make excuses, but say, hey, this is not the right time, let me wait. And I've heard this from a lot of folks during the pandemic, oh, I'll wait till the holidays are over. Oh, I'll wait for the election to be over. I'll wait for this. But I think you're you're an advocate of there's nothing. Well, I don't want to say what what do you say to people who just kind of put off looking for a well, search? Anytime that I hear that, I'm asking them, you know, what is it that's supposed to happen that is going to make things better? Mm -hmm. If you think that it's the end of the election, like okay, so what's going to happen when the election ends? Are companies going to start hiring more people because the election's over? Are they going to hire more people because they're celebrating that the right candidate won? Like, what's going to happen? Nothing. They are going to be doing the exact same thing, except that now there's maybe a little bit more certainty in the political aspect of things. But their business is still their business, and they're still operating 
as usual. Uh, same with the holidays. Okay, so everybody took a few days off and spent some time with their family, but maybe that's the perfect time to to catch up with some folks who you haven't talked to in a while and let them know that you're looking. And instead of you know waiting for them to get busy all over again in January, why not do that over Christmas when they have a little bit more time, they have they feel a little bit more at ease, and they're like, yeah, sure, I can, I have ten minutes to chat with you over Zoom or over the phone or something, or even you know texting and messaging each other. So there's there's really no better time ever, and especially right now, I feel like this year has shown us that. We keep waiting for something, right? We keep waiting that, well, one more month of lockdown and things will be good, or one more week of this and things will be good. And then one week passes and what? We're still <laughs> in, the, in the exact same place and 10 other things can happen in a week. So there is really no point in, in waiting. And, and I say that honestly to the people who are thinking that right now is the worst possible time to switch careers. Like, no. They're like tomorrow we might have another epidemic and that time might be even worse than today. So give it a shot and give it a try. And if it doesn't work out and then you, you know, you, but you can figure something out as you go. At least you know that you are trying. And to me and to so many other people, I know that it's much better to say, hey, you know what? I know I did my best. I tried rather than waiting for something and then realizing that now the time is even worse than before because you waited too long. So yeah, I think I think that's something that that is kind of that again another limiting belief that people yes. have that it's the timing. It's never the timing. You just act now and see what happens. Yeah, I agree with you so much because I could give you some real life, you know, stories in that. I've spoken to so many people who pre-COVID were laid off because it always happens, you know, natural cause of things. So let's say they they were laid off in December or or you know, before that. And then they would say, you know, I figure it was December. I've been working. And I guarantee you probably hear this story all the same time. I've been working since I was in high school and after college and working. So I figured, hey, let me take off the holidays and just spend time with my family, which sounds very reasonable and relaxed. Then you go into the new year. And in my experience, the new year, everyone thinks the light switch goes on, everything starts rocking. It takes a while to everyone to kind of kind of figure out what they're going to do. So then it hits January. All right, nothing much happens. And then before you know it, you're into COVID and you're like, oh my gosh. Now, you know, it just, I got hit and this is terrible. And now you're all demoralized. Whereas if maybe they would have started like right away, they could have kind of got in right before, you know, the gate shut. So to, to your point, yeah, it makes sense because you might think it's not great now, but like you pointed out, there could be another wave and it could be worse. So you might as well do it now and get started and why wait? It doesn't make sense. Just jump into it. And I get, and, but you also want to be empathetic that, hey, you want to spend time with your family and all that, but we're in crazy times. So it's almost like you have to throw the rule book out and start saying, hey, no, whatever we would have done in the past may not work now. And seizing the opportunity while it's here, you, it's, you have to. Yeah, and like, you know, it's okay to spend some time with your family. Like, I totally get it, especially if, you know, for many years you've been working at a job that had you, you know, that had you left with very little free time. Like, you might be craving that to compensate for it, and that's okay. And that's why when you have a system in place, like the things that we were talking about earlier, right? When you have that system in place, you can adjust, right? You can see, okay, so maybe in the first week after I got laid off, maybe. I do take some time to spend with my family, but yeah. still, every day 
maybe I spend one hour on my job search, like one hour. What exactly. like that, that's not much. Then you have the other 23 to do whatever you want, but you did spend one hour. And in that one hour, you may have messaged a few people. You may have started, you know, tweaking your LinkedIn profile or whatever it is, or you may have found a few interesting job opportunities to work on tomorrow. That's already something. So it's not like, you know, jump into it and then, you know, forget about everything else that goes on in life. No, just adjust, figure out what is the time every like per day that you have available and adjust your system or your plan in a way that you can still make that time. And when once you have a little bit more, you have two hours every day available for that. Great. Then you add on a little, a little few more to do items and then you start, you know, working a little bit harder on it. And the, the next thing you know, after two weeks, you look at your progress and you're like, whoa, even one hour per day right. makes a big difference. Yeah, and that holds to everything if you think about it, right? Whatever you want to do. If you just put aside a little time every day before you know it, you'll be pretty good at it. So that's good oh, advice. Yeah. That's um, how I went through like a website update. I'm like, I've been putting it off for so yeah. long. And then I was like, you know what? I have to take my own freaking advice. <laughs> how funny is that, right? We give advice to others and then you know in your heart, like I should be doing it myself. And why aren't I taking my own advice? And then yeah. finally you do it. You're like, all right, I got to do it. Yeah. And then it, it, it does work. Like you do little things. Like literally I, I started with 30 minutes a day. I was like, okay, I have 30 minutes a day to work on this. And then what do you know? I found more time for it. And I exactly. Got so yeah. <laughs> now I had a bunch of questions, but I, I could kind of cue them up together and paraphrase it. So you do a lot of, uh, you know, offer a lot of advice about LinkedIn and a lot of the questions really deal with how do you get started? people if you notice there's just a small amount of people who do put a lot of the content on there and the people who really should be on there communicating getting seen are, are a little nervous to do so embarrassed to do so what what would, what what's like the baby steps they could take to get on there to get noticed so recruiters could find them hiring managers could find them hr people could find them you know people who just want to help out can notice them are there certain things that they could kind of just get started and then build up a little confidence, just like you, you described with all the other processes you've done and build up that strength and just move forward. I think the, the first baby step is start uh, commenting on other people's stuff on LinkedIn. So if you're scrolling through your newsfeed and you stop scrolling to read through that post, instead of thinking to yourself, oh, that was good, I liked it and moving on, well, let people know that, hey, I was here and I liked it. And I think here's, you know, five other people tagging them who might find value in this post. That's, that's a very, very simple step that will take you literally 30 seconds or one minute. Uh, but at the same time, it gives it like, it teaches you the habit of, you know, stop lurking on LinkedIn and start showing up for other people. And if you start commenting on other people's stuff, you will start noticing, oh, I like these kinds of topics. And in these certain areas, I can offer some more tips and even elaborate on the original post or, you know, add some follow-up questions and somehow add value to the conversation. That's a really good baby step for networking even because, you know, like a lot of people, when they think of networking, they immediately go to, oh, I have to message people on LinkedIn. So I have to like, Put, put together a note that is not too pushy, that is not too this or too that. Before messaging anybody, you can actually talk to them in the comment section. Like if they asked a question to someone else's post, 
answer that question or contribute to that discussion. So start that conversation there so that by the time you need to message that person, they already have seen your face somewhere. So they're like, wait, I know this guy or this lady. Let right. me let me see how, like, you know, where we connected before. So that's a really easy step to take. And it gets you to warm up those connections very quickly. It gets you to start writing on LinkedIn, which trains your whole writing skill altogether, which is good. And then next next thing you know, you might even feel, oh, so after commenting for a few weeks and I read so many cool posts, I actually have something to say. And then you can create your own post. So it kind of gives you that natural um, introduction to be more active on LinkedIn. That's great. That's great. Because that, that's you could put into place, especially the first step, you know, liking something. Okay, that's an easy first step. Then making a little comment and building up from there and then giving your own content, branding yourself there. Are there some other tips that you give for people like do's and don'ts on, on LinkedIn that like some things that people do that drive you crazy and others that you're like, wow, that's so great to do? Um, I think the, the great to do one is when people personalize their request when they invite me to connect. I love when people take, and I know that it doesn't take them too long because I do the same thing. It takes me like a minute to put together like a decent connection request note, but it's, it makes it so much easier to connect with those people. It makes me want to continue a conversation with them. It even makes me want to help them, um, you know, with, with, with anything. So that makes life so much easier. And then you have those generic connection requests like, hey, I'd like to add you to my LinkedIn network and I'd like to network and like, and I'm like, okay, why, why are we why? networking? What, what are we doing here, you know? So that right. is definitely one of my biggest pet peeves on LinkedIn. Uh, so yeah, if, if, you know, to anyone who's watching this, take 30 seconds to one minute to personalize that connection request, let the person know what you found interesting about them or why you're reaching out or ask them a question right away that is very simple to answer. But like, you know, make them feel at ease with, you know, with the whole connection thing and make them want to have a conversation with you. That's great. Hey, I didn't realize we're almost in an hour. It went quick. You gave so much great information. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel that, hey, Jack, why did you bring this up? Anything that you'd like to share with people that I missed? Well, uh, I love this conversation. I don't think that we missed anything, but if there was one other thing that okay. I, I thought might be worth bringing up is that, you know, we talked about activity on LinkedIn and we're like, hey, be active, like stuff, comment on stuff. Um, do you often, often hear from people who are still thinking that being active on LinkedIn means signaling to your current employer that you're looking for something better? Like, do people ask? I think so. I think so. I think, I think for, for the longest time, particularly as a recruiter, that people were scared to LinkedIn to link in with me or to make comments. But now, because I do other things, because you know, I started Recruiter, I write for Forbes. So now it's a little bit more comfortable. But absolutely, I've definitely noticed they were a little afraid that, hey, why are they talking to Jack? Are they looking? So yeah. Why, why, what do you think about that? Is that like, do you notice that or? Yeah, that like every time yeah. when I'm, you know, promoting the whole be active on LinkedIn thing, yeah. people are like, well, what if my current employer thinks that I'm looking? And I'm like, well, are you commenting on, you know, postings of jobs or are you commenting on articles that, or, you know, posts or videos, whatever, that talk about something interesting that is relevant to your profession? Because if, if that's, if the latter is the case, it sounds to me like you're taking care of your professional development. You're essentially like, that's what I do on LinkedIn. 
80% of the time, I'm not looking for jobs or, you know, um, or doing something like that. But 80% of the time I'm learning on LinkedIn for free. And that's amazing. It's like every day I get a free dose of professional advice or, you know, different perspectives in the areas that I'm interested in for free delivered to me in my newsfeed while I'm, you know, scrolling through it and drinking my tea or coffee. And to me, that's amazing. So a lot of people should do more of that. And that way, you they, you know, nobody's going to think that you're looking for work. That's, that's really interesting. That's a really good take on it. Because for those who are like, no, I'm, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to blow up my spot. I don't want to do it. To maybe still get involved, but maybe you could tell it like, oh, I learned this new information. Thank you. Not like, I'm, hey, I need a job. But you position yourself in a different way that... It's, oh, I could, I could see why Jack is on there. He's not looking for a job, but he's trying to learn this new thing. He's trying to keep his skills up to date. And maybe you take that track so that at least you're on there and you're not just sitting on the sidelines. And then I, I have one more just to, to run by you too. What about other social media? Is there other things besides LinkedIn do you think would be beneficial? Instagram, Snap, uh, Twitter, Facebook, I think it depends on 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 the area, like on your professional space or yeah. your industry. So in certain industries, Twitter is huge. In let's say other industries like marketing, for example, Instagram would be the go-to place. So yeah, I would say it's definitely beneficial. It's you know, you don't have to be everywhere because like I don't know, I get overwhelmed from like yeah, hard. two to three platforms. Like yeah. that's a lot for me. Uh, so maybe pick two of the like that that seem to have most of the people in your area so essentially you're looking at okay where is my target audience the people that i want to connect with where do they hang out if they hang out on instagram okay maybe that's worth uh some of my time as well if they hang out on twitter okay i'll 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 work on my presence there as well so i would say yeah definitely look into it but depending on the industry for some it could be twitter for some it could be facebook for some it could be instagram for some, it could be TikTok. Um, so, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Do you think that's going to maybe be something for 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 job seekers and hiring managers down the road, or or uh, take a while? I don't like. I don't know. I'm going to be honest because um, I'm still not on TikTok, and not for the reason that I have any kind of negative yeah. disposition to it, but it's just that I don't have the time because I'm already on LinkedIn and YouTube and also <laughs> a little bit of Instagram. So yeah. that's that's a that's lot enough to keep you busy. Yeah. So, but um, I well, do. You just got to build up a. You got to build up an empire, though, Anna. That's it. <laughs> one, one day. Second. One day. <laughs> well, you're getting there. It's like if seriously, if and this is what's 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 really wild about the internet. You could make something look huge when you could have, let's say, just one person doing it. Like if someone looks at your video libraries and the quality of your videos are really good, so people would just presume, hey, you have like a whole team there doing it. So it is, it's, it's kind of neat how you can do that. So you don't really need like, you know, a whole like army of producers and, and, and photographers or whatever. And, and just, you could make yourself look at, so I don't know. I, th I think, I think you're ready to build up an empire here, the Canadian empire. <laughs> well, maybe one day, but uh, it does take a lot of work to do yeah. all of that without a team. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it all depends on, you know, some people have that team, not because they cannot do it themselves, but because they have to allocate their time accordingly. So yeah. um, it depends, but yeah, it's, you know, it, it's like your attention is everywhere. 
It's like you want to be you want to be on here, you want to be on this platform, you want to be on here. Uh, but going back to the whole TikTok thing, like I I think the format of the whole um, you know fast video engaging thing, I think that has a lot of potential for the future, and I think a lot of the even the platforms we're on today will be moving towards more of that format. Uh, but we'll see what that brings in terms of, you know, um, career development or in terms of job search. Uh, we'll see. And this was awesome. Seriously. But boy, you covered so much ground. You shared so much information. And what, what I really like, what we really, really love about the information, it's all like actionable advice. You know what I mean? It's not platitudes. It's not, you know, let's be honest. Like a lot of times, you, you know, people who write about career stuff, it's just all platitudes and feel good stuff, but it's nothing real. Like what you're doing is real stuff that you could put into place right now. Like if someone is watching this, they could say, yes, here's what I could do. If they were taking notes, they have a whole bunch of things to work on. If they watch, when they watch this after, you know, we post it all over social media, they could sit down and watch and say, okay, here's what I could do. Here's what I could do. And also it make them feel like, oh, I've been doing, you know, you know, when someone points out something and you know, you're doing it, they're like, all right, I know I've been doing it this way. I got to change. I got to listen to Anna. I, I got to do it. Sometimes <laughs> you need that outside voice to be like, all right, I, I'm going to do it. I keep putting off the search. I'm just going to do it. I, I'm putting off doing my resume. I got to update it. You know, I put off getting on LinkedIn. I got to network. And that's sometimes, I think that's going to really help a lot of people. So I, I'm, I'm so glad you came on. I'm so glad, you know, you're able to share and, and, just openly give such really great advice. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. Thank Thanks. you so much, oh. Jack. I mean, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. So um, well, this thank was you. Really, really fun. Thank you for having okay. me. Can I ask one last question? Sure. Off topic. Ahead. Okay. <laughs> what do you think about the United States? Do you think we're just crazy here? Like, do you look like we're like the meth lab downstairs from you guys that we're just, what do you think? Uh, I what, don't what, what do you Canadians say behind our back? Um, well, Boy, we won't tell anybody else. We'll censor this part. <laughs> I think I think there are a lot of Canadians who wish they were Americans. <laughs> uh, now, no. Why is that? Because we're, we're crazy. We're just uh, out of our minds. I'm kidding. Like, um, I mean, to be honest, like Canada is a very peaceful place. So mm -hmm. definitely like 90% of the stuff that we hear on the news is about you guys rather than about <laughs> our about our country here. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's fun. Um, you know, honestly, with the whole crazy thing that's been going on, a lot of people are kind of, you know, feeling happier that they are not um, there, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, but at the same time, you know, in terms of um, a lot of the, like, again, looking at the career side, just because I can't help it, I always look at the career side of things. Um, I mean, definitely, there's so much more opportunities. Um, and I think that's something that will always attract people to to the US and will always kind of drive the whole, you know, American dream and all of that stuff. So um, I think I think you guys are doing pretty good, all things considered. And you know, <laughs> I don't think that there's a lot of like in terms of the mentality, there's not much difference between Canada and the United States, although a lot of Canadians watching this right now might be saying that I don't know anything and feeling really mad right now. But <laughs> Um, I, I truly believe that as an outsider, because I, you know, I, most of the clients I work with are based in the U.S. So actually, I work more with Americans rather than Canadians. Um, that, like, I, I, I don't see a lot of differences. I think there's definitely more in common than there is a difference. Yeah, because as a, as as American, like I kind of look at Canada as like part of us too. If that, I don't know if that makes any sense or not. <laughs> you know, because like there are so many similarities between the two. Yeah, it's just, like, it's like a colder America. 
Yeah, and there's a lot, like a lot of talk in terms of like Canada being just another, you know, state in the United States potentially. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I think there's there's definitely something about Canada that's also unique and interesting. But um, you know, I, I I hope that the two our two countries can get along fairly well, which they've been doing for quite some time. So let's hope that that continues. Um, and um, yeah, and, and just embrace any differences, but also embrace the things that we have in common, which I think is quite a lot. So I agree with you. Well, that's great. Well, thanks. Thanks again. I really appreciate the, all the time you spent and, and it, was, it was so terrific to hear that great advice. And, and yeah, you can help a lot of people and keep up those videos. They're awesome. And I just want to make sure people check out her Anna's videos. And what I can do is when we repost this, we'll give a link if you, it's okay with you to your videos. Because of course, yeah, feel free. Could you make it, you know what it is? Like you make it fun. You know, a lot of times when people talk about careers, it's boring. You kind of make it fun and interesting. So I, 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 think, I think people will love it. So, oh, so this is great. So, so this way it introduces you to them. Who, is, uh, you know, so many people know you're ready, but you know, you could always have more people who could watch and uh, get help. So thanks so much, Anna. Yeah, thank you so much, okay. Jack. It's been, it's been a pleasure as oh, always. My pleasure, thanks. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the WeCruiter podcast. If you want to check out other great content from WeCruiter, make sure to visit us at WeCruiter.io. That's W-E-C-R-U-I-C-R dot I-O. We offer tons of great resources for job seekers and professionals, so make sure to check us out today.